I slowly pressed my eye against the peephole of the door. I looked through the glass, and there was another face staring back at me. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is my paranormal story. Before I start this episode, I want to thank you for listening. This podcast only exists because of supporters like you. But unfortunately, podcasts do cost money. So I'm hoping you'll show your support by visiting my website, myparanormalstory.com, and clicking on the donate button. Every little bit helps keep us on the air. Thank you so much for your support. It's probably strange for people who listen to this podcast but don't know me personally to find out that I work as a stand-up comedian for a living. I mean, I get it. I sound so serious on here, talking about spooky things, and I don't use much humor. But I've been an entertainer my whole life, whether it's telling scary stories or funny jokes, and I've been trying to make people laugh since I was a little kid. The ability to make people laugh has gotten me out of a lot of tough situations with parents, teachers, and bullies. I've even joked my way out of a couple of speeding tickets. And thankfully, things are opening up again, and I'm able to start getting back on stages again. After this past year or so, people need to laugh, and I need to make people laugh. Now, I'm probably not a stand-up comedian you've ever heard of. I mean, I've never had a Netflix special or a guest spot on The Tonight Show. Not yet, anyway. And I'm not what people call a road comic. I'm more of a regional comedian. I work mostly around the New England area, which is a great place to work as a comedian. There are so many great cities and venues, all within driving distance. And if you're good enough and willing to hustle, you can find yourself working almost every weekend. Many of the best comedians have come from the New England area. And I'm pretty lucky to be able to make a living doing something that I love to do. But once in a while, I do travel to perform comedy. I mean, I've driven into New York City to perform a bunch of times, and I love going to other states to perform at comedy festivals. And I can't wait for this pandemic to be over so I can start doing that again. I get to meet so many interesting people and see so many interesting things when I travel doing comedy. And one of the questions I always get is, do you ever do any jokes about the paranormal in your act? I guess people think, since I have such a big interest in both things, that maybe I combine them sometimes. And the answer is no. Although I have been thinking maybe I should write some jokes about ghost hunting. Maybe I'd get booked at all these paranormal conventions they have around the country. But other than that, though, my two main interests, comedy and paranormal, are pretty much exclusive. Except this one time, a few years ago, when I was in Palm Springs, California for a comedy festival. Maybe I just have bad luck. But sometimes, I feel like spirits are attracted to me. 
I swear I don't always go looking for haunted places. Sometimes I just end up in them. And this is a perfect example. I was accepted into the Palm Springs International Comedy Festival, and I was pretty excited about it. I would get to perform in front of a huge audience, celebrity judges, and a chance to win cash and other prizes. Now, spoiler alert, I didn't win. There were a lot of great comics. Some of them were headliners from New York City, Chicago, Miami, and all over the world. To be honest, it was cool just to have been on the same show with them. But don't get me wrong, I got a lot of laughs, and a lot of people in the crowd liked me, and it was a great experience. Plus, I got to spend a few days in the beautiful city of Palm Springs. The hotel where the festival was being held was a big fancy hotel right in downtown Palm Springs, and many of the comics were staying there. But I chose to stay at a different hotel. For some reason, I like to stay somewhere different from where everyone else is staying. It just feels like a better experience for some reason. Plus, I was able to find a nice hotel right nearby that was a little bit cheaper than that one. This was an old hotel, but it was owned by one of the national chains. Now, I don't want to say the name because, well, my experiences there might not be everyone's cup of tea. And that's not to say the service was bad or the rooms were messy or anything. I actually found it to be a very nice hotel. My experiences, naturally, were that of the paranormal kind. Like I said, maybe it's bad luck or maybe I just attract it. Palm Springs is a beautiful little desert city, a few hours drive from Los Angeles. I mean, if there's no traffic. It's mostly a tourist destination with lots of resorts, golf courses, casinos, and hotels. It's not too far from Coachella and the Joshua Tree Park. There's beautiful open skies with mountain ranges all around. And it's hot. Like, desert hot. It's also been known as a nice getaway spot for Hollywood's most famous. You know, when they want to get away from the ritz and glitz of L.A., So it's sort of like a mini Beverly Hills. It even has a walk of fame with celebrities' names on stars on the sidewalk. But little did I know, this city has a lot of history. From Native Americans to Mexican explorers and European settlers. In the 1920s, hotels and resorts began popping up in Palm Springs. It was quickly becoming a destination for well-to-do vacationers and a retirement area for the wealthy. In the 30s and 40s, movie stars and celebrities began building homes with tennis courts and swimming pools and golf courses. As the area continued to thrive, it saw shopping areas, casinos, and an airport being built. Today, tourism is their number one commodity with hundreds of hotels, resorts, and inns to choose from. It's the perfect mix of everything old and new. And my hotel was no exception. From the outside, the hotel looked dated, but in a good way. It was four stories high, with small balconies and windows on every floor. The grounds were covered in manicured bushes and tall palm trees, 
some taller than the building itself. When I first walked in with my suitcase rolling behind me, I found the lobby to be quaint. Lots of windows and open space. It wasn't packed full of furniture like so many hotel lobbies. And the check-in desk was on my right. I quickly received my room key and directions to all the important stuff, like the restaurant, the pool, the elevator. It was mid-afternoon, and as I passed by the restaurant, it looked empty, except for a couple of people sitting at the bar. Most people were probably out by the pool, I imagined. I pressed the button for the elevator and waited for it to arrive. The elevator was located in the middle of the hotel. From where I was standing, it appeared the hotel was a horseshoe shape with a large courtyard in the middle, and that was filled with tables and chairs, probably a function area for weddings or dinners, and the rooms all wrapped around the courtyard, which gave the hotel a nice open feeling. As the elevator dinged and the doors opened, I pulled my luggage in with me, and I headed up to the top, room 412, on the fourth floor. The elevator was a bit rickety. It felt old and a little choppy, but I've always felt uncomfortable on elevators anyway. And this one seemed to take a little longer than it should to climb four floors. But I eventually made it. The doors opened, and I didn't have far to go to find my room. It was right there to the right of the elevator. I slid my keycard into the door and expected to open up to a small, old-style room. But man, was I surprised. My room was huge. I mean, it was bigger than some apartments I've had. And it looked very new and modern. It was like night and day compared to the rest of the hotel. The first part of my room was the bedroom. It had two king-size beds with bureaus and an armoire that had a large flat-screen TV in it. The beds and linens all looked new. Even the wallpaper and decorations looked modern. But my room didn't end there. In between this part of the room and the next was a small hallway with a kitchenette area. It had a small fridge, a microwave, a coffee maker, some snacks. And on the other side was a huge modern bathroom with a double sink, a huge mirror, and a shower with a giant tub and whirlpool jets. I mean, very fancy. Now this led into another room, which was a decent-sized living room. It had a small couch, a matching easy chair, work desk, coffee table, and another large flat-screen TV. I couldn't believe it. And that's not all. The room had sliding glass doors that led to a balcony which overlooked the main street. I stepped out there and just took in the view. It was beautiful. Below me was the hustle and bustle of people and cars going by. There were little shops and stores lined up and down the street. But because I was on the top floor, I could see over everything. And it was just gorgeous red and orange mountains and blue skies as far as the eye could see. I quickly took out my cell phone and started taking pictures. Each shot I took looked like a postcard. I couldn't believe I had gotten such an amazing room for such a good price. 
I unpacked a few things and made myself comfortable and decided to take a nap. It was a long day of flying and my body was already confused by the time changes between the east and west coast. I had only planned to close my eyes for an hour or two, but the next thing I knew, it was 7.30 at night. I didn't have anything scheduled with the festival until the next day, so I decided to do some exploring. About a block or so down from the hotel, there was a pizza place across the street. I was pretty hungry, and I wanted to grab a quick bite, and the name of the place caught my attention. It was called NYPD, New York Pizza Delivery. Now, I'm from the Boston area, but New York pizza will do. And this place was part bar, part pizza shop. And it kind of felt like a New York place, to be honest. I ordered a couple of slices and a soda and was talking to the owner for a bit. Told him I was from Boston and I was in town for the comedy festival. The owner asked me where I was staying. And I told him the name of my hotel down the street. And his face sort of dropped. A lot of strange things happened in that hotel. That's all I'm going to say. I walked around the streets for a while. There were lots of people out and about enjoying themselves. Everything seemed fresh and clean. The bars all had music playing. and Most of the restaurants had outdoor dining. And you could kind of tell which places were for tourists and which were for locals. Eventually I came upon a casino and decided to head in and do some gambling. I do love to gamble, but I don't do it often because I don't love losing. And this was a small casino, at least compared to the ones we have back home. I found myself sitting at a let it ride table with a fun bunch of people, playing cards and getting to know each other. Before I knew it, hours had gone by. It was a little after 1am when I decided to head back to my room, but my body felt like it was 4am. But luckily, I'd had that nap. As I was walking back to my hotel room, the streets seemed suddenly different. They were much more empty now. And the people that were mulling around didn't seem like the same happy-go-lucky people I had seen earlier. I made my way down the street, avoiding people as best as I could, I got about a block or so away from my hotel, I noticed the street was closed off. They had put up road barriers, and there were cop cars blocking traffic. It looked as if people were setting up tables and tents and booths for a, a street fair of some kind. I thought, well, now I'll have something to do tomorrow. I got back to my hotel and pushed the button for the elevator. After a few minutes, the doors opened and there was an older woman standing inside. She was dressed in a light blue gown, like she had just come from a fancy party or something. I smiled at her, but she didn't even look at me. Her face looked tired and emotionless. So I just pressed the number four button for my floor and stared straight ahead in the elevator as it struggled to go up. When we reached the fourth floor, the doors opened and I stood there politely for a moment, waiting for her to get off first. But she didn't move. She just stood there. I waited for a moment or two and finally said screw it and went ahead of her. I went up to my door and turned around to see which way she went. 
but she never got off the elevator. I heard the doors close as it headed back down. So I put my key card in the door. And that's when I noticed the hotel was very quiet. Like strangely quiet. Other than the noise of the elevator, there was no one else around. I got into bed and fell asleep pretty fast. I was exhausted. But after about an hour or so, I was suddenly woken up to the sound of the elevator coming up to the fourth floor again. I could hear the ding of the doors opening, but I didn't hear anyone walking by. The doors closed and the elevator went back down again. I no sooner fell back to sleep when it happened again. The elevator dinged and the doors opened and then closed again. And as I laid there in the dark listening, it just kept happening. The elevator was going up and down and the doors kept opening and closing right outside my door. I finally got up and decided to look through my peephole. I heard it ding again, and I could see the light of the elevator shining into the hallway as the doors opened, and then disappearing as the doors closed again. No one got on or off. I just stood there watching through the peephole as it happened over and over again. The next morning, I woke up starving. I grabbed a candy bar from the snack basket and unpacked all of my toiletries, placing them all on the bathroom counter. My toothbrush, razor, comb, deodorant, etc., etc. I decided to take a quick look outside before jumping in the shower. I wanted to see how busy the street fair was. But when I got out onto my balcony, the street was empty. I mean, it... It wasn't empty, there were people and cars like usual, but the road was open and the street fair was gone. It was only about nine in the morning. How could it be over already? All those booths and tables and vendors were just gone. I hopped in the shower for about 10 or 15 minutes, relieved that the shower had nice hot water and the shower head at great water pressure. It's the little things that make the difference in hotels to me. I got out of the shower and stepped onto a towel and noticed my comb was on the floor. How did that get there? I was pretty sure I placed it on the counter. I don't remember dropping it. It couldn't have fallen. It was clear on the other side of the bathroom. I just picked it up and put it back on the counter and got ready for my day. It was kind of a busy day. I had a few meetings to go to for the festival. I picked up my credentials and some information and spoke to a bunch of officials. And I found out that I'd be performing in the second round, which was the following night. So I had another day and night all to myself. I spent the day visiting with an old friend. Brad and I used to work together in radio back home years ago. He's a Rhode Island boy, like me. He relocated to Palm Springs several years ago for a pretty sweet radio gig. I took an Uber to the radio station and he showed me around. I couldn't help being a little jealous. The building was so modern 
like five or six different radio stations in it. And he was working as the morning show host and program director. I couldn't have been more happy for him. Afterwards, he gave me a ride back to my hotel, but we drove around for a bit first, and he showed me the sights and the best places to visit and eat. Then later that night, I had dinner with another friend of mine, Melinda, who drove in from Los Angeles to see me. I hadn't seen her in years. We've been friends for forever, since we worked together in college radio. And thanks to social media and email, I've been able to keep in touch with so many of my friends who moved out to California. And they've all always wondered why I never did. I got back to my room pretty early, tired from the day and from not sleeping much the night before. I kept the TV on as I went to sleep this time, so the elevator wouldn't wake me up. I fell asleep pretty early, but was woken up again. This time, it wasn't the elevator. It was someone running around on the floor above me. Like I could feel it shaking my room. What do these people have a bunch of dogs in their room? Maybe some parents left their kids in the room to just jump around and slam doors. I laid there listening to all this banging above my head when I remembered there is no room above me. I'm on the top floor. So what the hell is making all this noise? I got out of bed and went out onto the balcony to see if something or someone was on the roof but it was dark and the way the roof was shaped I couldn't really see anything but I noticed the streets were eerily quiet like the night before it was as if everyone and everything just disappeared I looked around and tried to enjoy the warm air and peacefulness for a few minutes before heading back inside when I got back into my room, it was quiet too. No more banging, no elevator noise, nothing but the TV in the background. But as I headed back to my bed, I passed by the bathroom door and heard a sound. Like something had just hit the floor. I turned on the light and there was my comb on the floor again. And this time, I just left it there. The next day I decided to just relax before my big performance. I had breakfast and lunch in the hotel restaurant. I sat by the pool, I took a nap. I went over my jokes in my notebook. I took a shower with no comb incidents this time. I got dressed in my stage clothes and headed to the show. There were a lot of comedians performing and they were going alphabetically. So Tom Stewart had to wait a while. I was a little nervous and a little anxious. My friends were in the audience and there were a few hundred people watching. But once it was my turn and they introduced me, I took the stage and did what I always do. Made people laugh. The audience, my friends, the judges, it felt great. And it always does. There really is no better feeling in the world than making people laugh. After the show, I hung out for a while 
I got to meet a lot of people, make some new friends and contacts, and overall I couldn't have been more satisfied with the experience. At some point, I finally went back to my room, but I was still full of adrenaline. But I need to get some sleep. My flight was leaving early in the morning. I decided to pack all my stuff that night, including my comb, so I could sleep in a bit in the morning. I was planning on wearing a hat anyway. Eventually I went to bed and fell asleep, and I was sleeping like a baby when I was woken up again. It was the elevator, again, up and down, opening and closing. I decided to get up and look through the peephole again, but I wished I hadn't. As I pressed my eye up against the tiny piece of glass and looked through, there was another face looking right back at me. It was the old lady in the blue dress from the elevator. I literally jumped back and fell on the floor. And as I sat there, I could see the shadow of two feet from under the crack of the door. What do you want? I shouted. But there was no reply. I got up and slowly walked back to the peephole and peered through. But no one was there. All I could see was the light from the elevator disappearing as the door is closed again. My Paranormal Story is written, produced, and narrated by me, Tom Stewart. Music from this episode, courtesy of Kevin McLeod at Incompetech.com. If you enjoy my stories and would like to support the podcast, you can go to buymeacoffee.com slash myparanormal or just click on the donate button on my website at myparanormalstory.com. I also have t-shirts and coffee mugs for sale. Unfortunately, podcasts cost money and your support helps me keep this podcast running. So thank you for your support. Please don't forget to subscribe so you'll know when I've added new episodes. And feel free to follow me on Facebook and Instagram. Just search for My Paranormal Story. If you have a podcast and you'd like to have me as a guest, or if you'd like to ask me a question or tell me your paranormal story, you can email me at myparanormalstorypodcast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening. I'm Tom Stewart, and this is My Paranormal Story. <laughs>